Welcome to Talking About Blood, a new podcast series from something called The Blood Project. I'm Helen Osborne, host of this podcast series and member of the advisory board for The Blood Project. I also produce and host my own podcast series, Health Literacy Out Loud. Today, I'm talking with Dr. William, or Bill Aird, who is a practicing hematologist at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center in Boston, Massachusetts, and professor of medicine at Harvard Medical School. Bill is also the founder of an important new resource for medical professionals called The Blood Project, or otherwise known as TBP. I am delighted that Bill decided to have podcasts be a part of this project and honored to interview Bill as the very first guest on Talking About Blood. Welcome. Thank you, Helen. I'm very happy to be here and I'm delighted that you're hosting this important podcast series. I'm quite familiar with your work in the health literacy uh, field and uh, especially with your work in your podcast series. They're absolutely uh, fantastic podcasts, and I'm delighted and happy and honored to have you as part of our group. Well, thank you. I guess it's a mutual admiration society for I'm offering hearty (laughs) congratulations on the launch of The Blood Project. I know that you and others have been working long and hard to make this happen. So let's take it from the top. What is the blood project so the blood project is a a, a project or organization that at this point centers around a website that is about all things blood okay all things blood so you have a website it's about all things blood that's big that's a big topic whittle this down just a little bit more what are the components of this website? Right. So our components of blood are white cells and platelets and red cells and plasma. The components of the website, by analogy, are a series of e-learning platforms for the learner, uh, in addition to a section on humanities, which includes essays and poems and all sorts of other goodies. So you have e-learning and you have humanities and essays and it's all about blood. Who is this for? Well, we we are primarily, at least at the time of launch, targeting medical students, physicians in training, for example, interns and residents and fellows, in addition to practicing physicians, both hematologists and non-hematologists. So they, certainly those who are hematologists like you have been doing this a long time, you already know a bunch about blood. I sure hope that you do if I need, had a blood problem and went to see you. What can they learn, be learning more? What can this website offer them that they may not already have from book learning? It's a very good question. And it's a, a question that we have struggled with as we have built this website. What we are offering is a new way of thinking about the blood. So for example, how can we improve critical thinking and how can we incorporate the humanities uh, into medicine? And there are very few resources at this point that actually approach hematology or in fact any other discipline from that angle. 
Can you give me an example of what do you mean by critical thinking? I mean, just tell me a story there. What would that mean in someone's practice, whether they're just learning about medicine or they've been doing it for a while? Right. So what I have noticed uh, in the last several years is a shift towards evidence-based medicine, whereby you know physicians essentially follow a cookbook of guideline recommendations when they're treating or diagnosing a, a patient mm-hmm. without really thinking about the underlying cause of the disease or um, etiology of the disease. And so what critical thinking does is it establishes a framework, a pathophysiological framework on which trainees or practicing physicians can hang a thousand otherwise arbitrary facts and and build on that so that they when they're seeing the patient can actually individualize patient care when the evidence doesn't quite fit that individual oh okay so you call it critical thinking i might have thought of it almost as creativity being able to put things together in a way that wasn't quite what you expected is that that's absolutely right okay so you see that people might be able to use this in their practice, in their learning and in their practice. What about the role of humanities? I know you're I know from all our advisory board meetings you're very excited about the stories and the poems and the history. How would that help somebody in their day-to-day work? I think that one of the problems or challenges or limitations of evidence-based medicine and don't get me wrong evidence-based medicine is extremely important Mm -hmm. for many reasons but one of the limitations is when you're sitting in front of a patient how do you extrapolate from all of the data and recommendations that come through the uh, evidence-based medicine uh, avenues how do you translate that to the individual patient Uh, the critical sort of clinical trials that underpin evidence-based medicine include hundreds of patients Mm -hmm. and they typically exclude patients that have comorbidities that is you know other types of diseases and your patient in front of you may have five different types of diseases and so it's very difficult to extrapolate those data to that individual Uh, so human when when you bring in the humanities you start to understand the patient's wishes and values oh okay so you, when I think of humanities, I think of it as a discipline like literature and arts and things like that. But you're also using that word to talk about what makes us human. Uh, that That's correct. And when we uh, talk about the individual components of our humanity sections, for example, poems, uh, they ask, you know, poems ask us to think. And most of us, when, uh, when we're ill, want a doctor who's prepared to think. I mean, that's one example. Uh, if we uh, open our minds and read a some fiction related to blood, I strongly believe that makes us better doctors uh, rather than the sort of the robotic type of behavior that is now called on on the part of physicians uh, in this era of evidence-based medicine. Bill, I've been working with you for quite a while on this project and being part of the advisory board and doing my piece of the project too. I know that there are other components too, as far as you mentioned the e-learning. I know you have smears of what blood looks like and all the components to it there. So there's that part of the website also, correct? Yeah, well, in fact, the the website really revolves around the e-learning component. The humanities, of course, it's important. And it's highly, in our opinion, highly novel uh, as a way of 
improving patient care. The e-learning component has many, many subcomponents. So you've mentioned one of them, the peripheral smears. We have a huge data bank of, of quizzes. We have frequently asked questions. We have case studies, uh, and we have sort of these e-learning microcourses, which are much more in-depth approaches to uh, hematological or, or blood topics, blood-related topics. You know what's neat about this, and I'm, as you and I have gotten to know each other, and you talked about my work in health literacy. Now, health literacy means communicating in ways that people can understand. It sounds to me, Bill, as though this website is aiming to do the same for professionals dealing with blood about there's ways for them to learn in whatever ways they can understand. This podcast, this audio is one component, if I can use that term, of it. But you've also got the more formal e-learning and the more the humanities and the critical thinking. You've got many different ways to be really focusing on all things about blood. Now I'm going to ask you, this is the beginning of this project. This has promises to be a great roaring success. What would success look like for you? Well, success for us would look like the adoption of this website as a go-to resource for physicians and physicians and trainees when they're wanting to understand more about the blood. That's our primary goal, and that's an international goal. We want to reach out to everybody across the world that has a potential interest in the blood. We want to draw them in, and we want to have them explore the site like a kid in a candy shop. That's that's how I see it. There is so much there, and it's all strategically placed to capture the, the, the user and to invite feedback and respond to the user to continually improve this resource. I can hear your excitement, like you're a kid in the candy store. I am, I am. You are, you're passionate about blood, you're passionate about the Blood Project. This is so exciting. Please tell everyone again, what is the website where they can go and see for themselves? Sure, it's www.thebloodproject.com. Perfect. Thank you so much, Bill, for sharing what's on the Blood Project, explaining about it, and more than that, spreading your excitement about that in all these many ways. Thank you for being our first ever guest on Talking About Blood. Thanks so much, Helen.